the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black. And your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about the markets, whether they're up or down. We can talk about Fed Chairman Janet Yellen testifying on Capitol Hill today. She's just a bill on Capitol Hill. Uh, <laughs> that's all I actually got on her. Um, what do I throw out here at this point in time? I guess we talked a little bit about yesterday. I think that's usually the best way to go about, you know, figuring out markets and trying to understand them. So the major stock markets had a decent start to the week. They were helped by an emerging belief that the UK will ultimately vote to remain in the European Union. I saw polls yesterday that it's neck and neck. I don't know. Will they or won't they? a good question. Sentiment continues to prevail this morning that they will stay. There's a risk-on, risk-off trade that happens on Wall Street when events get questionable. Ten-year Treasury note is ticking up at the moment. It's got a yield of 1.68%. So the United States government will give you 1.68% each year over ten years. If you want to lend them money, and the lower that gets, it tells you that when it goes to one six or one five eight or one five seven, people are freaked out of their minds about the economy in the next ten years. They just don't see enough profits to prop up Wall Street slash stock markets, um, and they see somewhat inflation, but not much, and that's why you get one point six eight percent in the ten-year Treasury note. Keep in mind, Wall Street likes a little bit of inflation. Wall Street's very Goldilocksian. Um, a little bit, but not much. Not too hot, not too cold. Inflation leads to wage inflation, which leads to 
consumer product inflation leads to wage inflation, which leads to more spending in the economy. There's a connection for a lot right now that global economic conditions aren't going to get much better if the U.K. decides to remain in the European Union. Yet they could get much worse if they decide to pull out of the European Union. Interruptus European Unionists um, is when you pull out of the EU. So George Soros, he warned in a British newspaper article today that leaving the European Union would be worse for the British pound and the huge devastation seen in September of 1992. Only he didn't think that such a devaluation this time would have the same positive effects on the UK economy. The vote, in his opinion, uncertainly will soon be removed. Um, as the referendum on European staying or going, should I stay or should I go, Thursday. I hope I could stop talking about it, hopefully by Friday. I get really tired of stories, because I have to do them on a pretty regular basis, because Wall Street kind of gets obsessed. Um, I If I never have to, if I ever, never, ever, never have to do another story on Greece, I would be the happiest man on the planet. Not a lot of economic data out there today. So what we do get will be Fed Chairman Janet Yellen, who's kind of sexy for finance, uh, head of banking in the United States, chief. I know, go Google Janet Yellen and then get mad at me, okay? Um, Hard-hitting questions? Probably not really. Um, It'll be how she answers the questions that people are going to be paying attention to. So she's in front of the Senate Banking Committee this morning starting eh, essentially right now. So starts at 10 Eastern, so essentially right now. Uh, the market, of course, will pay attention to what she says, trying to glean any information of will she ever raise interest rates again. Keep in mind, last week we had a Federal Reserve member say probably only one more rate hike through 2008. That's pretty nuts. That's pretty ludicrous. Ludicrous? So that... It's not my rapping name. So my rapping name is really, really embarrassing. Um, it's uh, Bouncing Body, just so you know. Uh, it's not good, is it? It's pretty bad. I'm Bouncing Bobby. I'm here to say. Um, I'm not going to go any further with that because my explicits are, my lyrics are incredibly explicit. So. I didn't write this song, but it sounds like I could have. Okay, with that said, Bouncing Bobby. I don't think I've ever admitted that on air. Um, Every person tries to rap at some point in time, I think is the assumption. And if not, I'm surprised by that. And please, dear God, don't tell anyone. Trucking company Warner Enterprises issued a second quarter earnings warning. That's kind of important. Um, we got a great big convoy truck down the line. Anytime you see a truck on the road, don't think dirty guy from Thelma and Louise. Think <coughs> commerce. Think business. Think there's goods in there that were made. Those goods are now being delivered to be sold and consumed. Uh, trucking company Warner Enterprises entering that information that things aren't looking great. 
Um, not good. Not good. Uh, so we plow forward A. So um, let's see, Tencent today. Tencent is a Chinese company. They're buying the Clash of Clans maker, Supercell. Have you seen, do you remember the, they've kind of been replaced a little bit, the Clash of Clans commercials, where they're using an incredibly buxom model to kind of like push the product. Uh, but when you see commercials like that, it tells you that, that game's making in a crazy amounts of money. So Tencent is buying Clash of Clans for $8.5 billion. How is that possible? How is that possible? Tencent's buying out Japan SoftBank, which held a 73% stake in it. Tencent's consortium will own about 84% of the mobile games market maker, the remainder of which will be owned by Supercell-owned employees. Supercell is a Helsinki, Finland-based company. Um, more than 100 million daily Supercell top four games, Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, Boom Beach, and Heyday are their big hits. At one point, Clash Clowns, which launched on the 2012 on Apple and Android on 2013, was the top game on both mobile platforms. So, listen to this. Supercell generated about $2.3 billion in revenue with the earnings before interest, tax depreciation, amortization. Not too shabby. Clash of Clowns, $930 million, up 64% year over year. That just seems crazy to me. Because uh, you look at other companies like Rovio and Zynga and see that these things don't last forever. 800-516-1220 to get your calls to the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Find me at robblackshow.com, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Come on and let me know. Should I cool it or should I blow Black now. 800 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I never thought we needed a cover to a Taylor Swift song. Never thought we needed a cover. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, one of the, my favorite quotes from a movie, and I, I don't drop quotes from movies all the time on the show. You know that. I might do this once a year. But it was Lloyd Dobler when he said, I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed or buy anything sold or processed or process anything sold, bought or processed or repair anything sold, bought or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. 
I think it's important to have a commentary like that in your head. Uh, you should at least know who you are. Mega Millions Lottery Jackpot reaches $333 million tonight. How many of you financial idiots are going to go out there and buy a ticket today? Come on. Come on. You can admit it. 800-516-1220. An extra two years at college, speaking about careers, could cost you almost $300,000. You get, of course, the out-of-pocket tuition costs, plus interest paid on student loans over a 10-year standard repayment period. But you also get lost entry-level income, and you forego retirement savings. So think about it before you take that victory lap and stay one more year in college. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, talking all things financial. Mr. Burton, this is a topic that I kind of want to bring up. It's kind of near and dear to me. My mom, she's now in that 80-plus category. And she's losing her mind. She thought someone came into her house and stole her dryer. And it's the same dryer that was there. And you can't talk to her. Like, she's all batty. Um, so I've, that's my mom. Um, she pays some people, like, $200 to shovel snow. $200 to shovel snow. She's batty. Let's talk a little bit about financial planning and, like, you know, some of these issues that come up as you get older. Because right. You have to put your trust in someone. She's got her trust in, you know, her sons, which she's lucky, you know, but she still does buy some crap on QVC that drives us crazy. Oh, man. I know my, my grandmother, who was in a memory care facility before she passed, had four different subscriptions to Reader's Digest, two of the normal print okay. and two of the extra large print version that they also will give to seniors okay. that have bad eyes. What is uh, Reader's Digest all about? But have you ever read the short stories in Reader's Digest? I haven't. I remember reading those as a kid all the time because my grandparents always touched Digest. I always saw them around the house, and I was like, I don't want to read that. Like, I'd look at it. I think the short stories are really good. Okay. You would like it. Okay. Author. Senior scams and everything. Yeah. How do we fight it? Um... Well, it's you know part of the communication of even having a long-term care plan, especially now that long-term care insurance is so expensive and most yeah. people that are over 70 can't get it anyway, um, is having that family discussion who's going to be responsible for it. Yeah. And doing a family identity theft protection service is very important too. Okay, why is so that? Part of, well, because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Um, I had an insurance agent mail me a document, email me a document regarding a client situation. Yeah. That document had the social security number of both my clients and the social security numbers of their children on the document by email, no encryption. I don't know what email server this guy uses. I don't know if they have firewalls and things like that. And I chewed him out. I said, don't ever email these documents again. Yeah. You Um, chewed me out about passwords. Yeah. Chad uses crazy passwords. It's always like ampersand dash two (laughs) underscore capital four. I was like, I didn't even know there was a capital for, for numbers, but there is. Yeah, we have passwords in the auth anvil where you you know have to get get your phone out and get a an eight digit code that yeah. changes every time you sign in. Uh, our wealth management site does the same thing, so it, I think security is important, but it's it's still going to happen. I think um, one of the things that you kind of said there was you're going to have to work with a family member or someone trusted. Mm-hmm. But if you're a family member and you're helping mom with her bills and long term care, you need to read those contracts. You need to learn, like, because uh, that's, like, my mom couldn't handle her own long-term care at this point. Right. Uh, and she'd get ripped. She'd, you know, the hospital's not going to read it for her, and the hospital's going to charge her, and then, you know, she's in, she's going to end up paying if she doesn't do it right. 
and there's countless stories, and there are medical bill consultants that are out there too, which which might be helpful for people that are dealing with big health issues of mom or dad that had a health crisis. But, you know, part of doing a family plan is also realizing that the person that's going to spend the time helping mom with all those situations, yeah, a lot of times that person might be in a separate state that is looking out saying, oh, well, you know, why are they getting more? The person that helps mom or dad, you know, it's okay to compensate them extra, give yeah. them a little bit more because they were there for them. They took the time out of their job or whatever. It's a lot of work. It's very stressful. Now that you mentioned, I know two people whose um, siblings hate each other mm-hmm. because he lives right next to mom and doesn't go visit her. And I take care of her and he wants more. Yeah. Um, he wants the house because he thinks he's entitled to it. And I, I've seen, and there, there's another one where it's just it's just downright nasty and there's legal issues between siblings about who's taking care of mom and how it's being done and why are the finances disappearing. Right. How can people do that, Chad? I don't know, but, it, you know, if mom and dad are smart enough to compensate a, a person for that, it needs to be clearly will, written in the trust. Yeah. Um, it's almost better, that, rather than cutting somebody out of a will, is to leave them $5,000, right? And so you get that, and this is all you're getting, and be very clear on that, than have any ambiguity of, oh, mom was just losing it when she did the trust, so she right. was going to put me in the trust, but she forgot I was existence, and this is a then they sue. So if you have a financial plan, you should discuss the financial plan with your children long before you die. My dad died without telling us how much insurance he had. Policy had recently lapsed. Died without telling us how much credit card debt he had. He had about 60000 mm-hmm. Um So while my mom was mourning him, I was going through and finding out my dad was a financial disaster. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of tragic because I should have been mourning him too. And we should have a financial planner like Chad Burton say, guys, sorry about your dad. Everything's covered. We didn't have that. So anyway, that's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. Story out there that Apple is looking to break into India. Not break into, but open up retail stores there. After months of delays, Apple's likely to open its first retail stores in India, a fast-growing market for smartphones, where the company has very little presence. New rules issued by the Indian government on Monday exempt foreign companies that want to open stores selling a single brand of products from requirements that 30% of the content of those products come from India. So uh, that's Apple's way in. So we'll see what they're able to pull off. Um, Clearly, India is a dominant world market, so up-and-coming, well-educated. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me at robblackshow.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. I start my morning every morning reading his page one column. I end my week with his big picture column on briefing.com. 
on Fridays. Mr. O'Hare, how are you? Hey, Rob, I'm doing well, thank you. So, uh, this market, I'll tell you what, it, 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 it seems to be like just a summer of turmoil, and summer just started, and it's all headlines, not a lot of... Uh, not a lot of earnings, not a lot of revenue. It's not you know, profits that are driving Wall Street right now. It seems like dramatic stories from other parts of the world. Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well, Rob. And and, and frankly, I, I, because of the, the lack of you know those fundamental drivers, specifically the, the earnings news right now, I think you have a market that's that's just desperate to trade off of anything right so it's a headline driven market and so you see these swings based on uh these headlines that either sound good or sound bad and lately they've sounded you know you know uh better uh and so you saw the market you know have a nice start to the week based on the whole polling uh issue surrounding the brexit vote but that's obviously subject to change on a moment's notice. And even today, I think there are some reports that some of the, the latest polling, you know, indicates that maybe that remain camp doesn't have as much momentum as, as the market thought it did yesterday. And so so today, uh, coincidentally, you kind of have a market that's sort of kind of just stuck, not doing too much of anything. But obviously, uh, Fed Chair Yellen's also speaking um, as we speak at the moment. How much attention should we be paying at- to Jenny Ellen because she's a financial banker. She's the king of the banker, so to speak, with the Federal Reserve uh, or the queen in this case. Uh, does she have sway or are we at the point of time of just saying, eh, you're just that interest rates lady? <laughs> well, she absolutely has sway. I mean, I mean, uh, notwithstanding a lot of the criticism that she has received from uh, a number of experts, um, commentators such as myself, even for not being a very clear communicator, um, uh, she still is the head of the Federal Reserve uh, of the United States, which is the most powerful central bank in the world. And so, if she were to, you know, come out and say, you know what, I, I we had it wrong last week, we are going to raise rates, you know, in July, you would obviously see a huge reaction in the market. Now, she's not going to say that, but. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, you can never underestimate the influence, uh, really, of the head of the central bank and, and the ability of that person to to move capital markets. Um, but uh, thus far, you know, it sounds like she's essentially kind of reiterating a lot of what was mentioned at her press conference and what was uh, conveyed in that policy directive. So there hasn't been any much market movement here because, you know, market participants are waiting on, quote, uh, new insight. So if she essentially just kind of sticks to the party line that she espoused uh, last week, you're not going to get much of a market reaction. So I think that the, you know, the Q&A portion of her testimony is where the real potential lies for any uh, market-moving commentary, uh, probably because a lot of the senators are just going to be uh, more direct and more hard-hitting with their questions because of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the pent-up, uh, frustration with what the Federal Reserve is trying to do with its monetary policy and how it's trying to communicate what it's going to do with its monetary policy. And that communication effort has been uh, been downright confusing for uh, for everyone involved. You brought up a small phrase when talking about Janet Yellen tied towards she hasn't been the best communicator. We started the year off almost set in stone that we're going to raise interest rates four times because of what the Federal Reserve told us. 
I heard one Federal Reserve member last week say, okay, we've probably got one more rate increase until the end uh, that'll last us through 2018. And I'm like, how has this changed so much? Has there been a dramatic change in the economy? Is there just been a, a, a really poor communication strategy by them? From four in one year in 2016 to one more by the end of 2018 is pretty dramatic. Right, and you know these are these are supposed to be the the experts, right? They're the ones that have all of the data, you know, at their disposal, and and you know, plenty of PhD economists that are you know combing over that data and trying to, you know, um, summarize you know where the economy is and and where it's likely to go based on those economic trends. And what we've seen time and again through the years is that the Fed has been as baffled or has been as confused by what's taking place in the economy, uh, both in the United States and globally, that it has continually had to mark down its own projections for economic growth and for inflation growth. And, uh, and um, you know, and the thing with, you know, economic forecasting is obviously it's not an exact science. I think everyone knows that. Um, but you want the people who are in the position to, uh, to control monetary policy to convey a, a stronger sense of conviction in their in their beliefs and and really to convey uh, that they they have a handle on things to take away this volatility that we've seen in the capital markets and and when you have that flip-flop communication um, it, it just really creates a great deal of uncertainty and the individual you're referring to is st. Louis Fed president Bullard who uh, by many accounts was generally regarded as a We'll call him a moderate hawk uh, with respect to his his own policy outlook. But um, you know, the St. Louis Federal Reserve, on second thought, uh, you know, came back and said, "Look, you know, may, we probably do have this wrong. You know, we're going to rethink things here, and as as we're rethinking things and and what's taking shape and how it, some of the difficulties in the economy might be more structural versus cyclical in nature." Uh, it's a real possibility that there could only be one more rate hike through the end of 2018. And, and you know, that came, you know, hot on the heels of the, the Fed meeting uh, last week. And, and so what it does, it just, you know, throws in another point of real confusion where if that one particular central bank sees things as being so poor that you're only going to get one rate hike through the end of 2018, you know, how can you sit back and take, you know, Fed Chair Yellen at her word uh, that she thinks you know you might see two rate hikes next year or three rate hikes in 2018. You just you just don't have any faith in that in that communication and in that forecasting effort. And so, um, you know, the, the the Fed has unfortunately done. And I think it's really backed itself into a corner, being so data dependent. I, you know, I would argue that it has too much information at its disposal, and because it does. It, it, you know, it's finding it difficult to really know what to concentrate on to determine, you know, what are the sustainable trends. And, it, you know, just kind of flip-flops back and forth here, and it's not doing anyone any uh, particular good. And so you have a range-bound market here uh, that's constrained by high valuations and not uh, not looking, uh, uh, not able to do much of anything because of that uncertainty over monetary policy. Okay, I've had enough Fed Reserve for the day. Um, changing topics. Anything else out there that interests you? Um, and let's not do the Brexit vote. Let's just let that come and go, see what happens. Right. It seems some days it will, some days it won't. I'm, it's like Greece. You get tired of doing the same story every single day on Wall Street. Uh, anything that's intriguing you out there? 
Well, well, what's intriguing and, you know, what could potentially sort of uh, come to a head here with all of what we've talked about is that um, we've discussed past weeks just in terms of how um, negative investor sentiment is um, and in terms of also how money managers reportedly are are sitting on a lot of cash and are, are, you know, quote, unquote, underinvested in this particular market right now. And and so you have uh, some a lot of dry powder sitting there, if you will, where if you can get, uh, you know, say a, a headline catalyst, you're, you're going to get a lot of chasing of that uh, of that headline. I think that could create a um, uh, you know a nice upward thrust in the market here over the near term uh, because so many people are underinvested, you know. Uh, in the professional set, and um, so that's something that's intriguing to me. Something that I'm watching. You know, certainly there's real pent up potential for a contrarian rally here, but but at the end of the day, I worry that uh, what you ultimately get if you get that rally is that you could get what's you know, referred to as a blow off top, basically, uh, because you already have a market that's at a high valuation right now, and if you get that big move upward, you're going to have a market that's sporting an even higher valuation, and I think that ultimately will constrain that. So, um, not wild about the return prospects this year, even though we could potentially get a near-term rally. Uh, but we still think that, uh, given where fundamentals are, that the risk-reward uh, potential isn't all that great on the upside. A personal question of intrigue: You see the ten-year Treasury trading around one point six eight percent. Historically, had we had this conversation in the past, we would have said returns on Wall Street are going to be low or expect it to be very low for the next five to ten years because that yield is so low. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's going to hold true? Do you think it has to hold true? Do you think it it is portending a rough environment for at least the next five years? Um, how do you view the tenure? Because when I first got into financial media 15-plus years ago, I said if the tenure is under 3.5%, you buy stocks. Yeah. If the tenure is above 3.5%, you buy bonds. It was kind of a, a starting point to help the average person consume financial issues well you know with the 10-year being where it is you know wow. uh, under 1.7 percent i think dividend yield on the s p 500 is about 2.1 percent so you know so it does uh bode well uh so to speak for you know uh, uh, for the stock market but you know the problem is we've had these low interest rates for so long that you've 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 had that uh you know that trade that there is no alternative other than stocks and so I think now what you have is you have concentration risk in a lot of these higher dividend-yielding names uh, in many of the, quote, safe haven sectors like utilities and consumer staples that offer some nice dividends. Um, so what worries me about where the low interest rates are, while they're you know, arguably supportive to, uh, to a higher valuation for the equity market, um, you know, worry they get these so overvalued, so overvalued, up, really for set up a nasty downturn. Got to cut you off. Thanks. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back again, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. 
anything you want to talk about, we could talk about talk about where's the middle class going. We could talk about Apple. We could talk about funding your retirement. Should you do it yourself in your 401k? Or should you do a target date plan? In the end, there's no right answer. So it's really up to, can you do it? Um, can you keep costs low as well? Um, you know, putting together a portfolio and a 401k, you start with 20% large, 20% middle, uh, 20% small cap, 20% income, 20% international, or some sort of income. I think I already said that. So it's 20% international, 20% income, 20% small, 20% mid, 20% large. And you kind of work off those numbers to increase risk or cut risk. Um, there's no right answer. So let's bring in Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. Joining me now. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony, I've recently been talking to you a little bit about 15-year mortgages because rates are so incredibly low. I tend to favor the 30-year mortgage, but I'm able to say, let's take a look at some other ideas. Let's play around. Um, let's run the numbers to see if this makes sense because I like 15 years for like rental properties, especially if you start cash flowing. Um, it's, it's pretty sweet. Someone else is paying off your mortgage and you're making a little bit more money. It's a little bit higher payment than a 30-year, but it's also you save the money on the interest, which is okay. It's not bad, but um, I tend to like the 30-year, the house that I live in, I want to do the 30-year. Uh, but rentals are more like the 15. You gave me a website. You were like, okay, you can go to this website and shop for 15-year large mortgages. And I went to the website and you said it'll update every day. I couldn't figure out what the hell I was looking at. You need to talk. This, this is a radio show. Um, Yeah, the 15-year mortgage is definitely a a money saver for for a lot of people that can afford it. Uh, The payment goes up about like 35%, uh, 30 to 35%. For example, a $500,000 mortgage, uh, you could save. uh, If there's a 1% interest rate difference between uh, the 30-year fixed and the 15-year fixed, you could save about $238,000 over the life of the loan. Now you lose the ability to earn But income. you also lose the ability to earn uh, income or the, the, money. With the lost opportunity on that money that you've been putting into it. A lot of people, though, recently, Rob, uh, have been looking at the 30-year fixed. If you remember, it wasn't that long ago that the 15-year was over 4%, then it went to 35 and down to 3%. Now it's at 289 or something like that, which is fantastic. Uh, what I wanted to get at. But, but yeah, the 30-year fixed, now people are looking at that and saying, you know what, I can do a 35 to 3.75% interest rate and then just do a self-amortizing to a 15-year, and then the months that I don't have the money, I can just go back to the 30-year fixed. So there are options keeping a 30-year fixed uh, on the months that you or, or years that you may not have the money to pay it. Let's just say hypothetically the difference between a 30-year payment and a 15-year payment, the 15-year is $200 more. I recommend people, if you do the 30, put $200 aside. Um, and start building up a nest egg that way. And then when push comes to shove, if you want to pay it off, you can pay it off. And if you want to say, this is my retirement account now, it suddenly becomes your magical retirement account. Right. Um, always yeah, maybe at the end of the year, each year you use that as your your $5,500 contribution to an IRA, for yep. example. Um, You've done little tricks like that. You've got a rental property where I do. the income yeah. checks that come to you, you save. I, I, you don't I, you put towards the mortgage. I net about $5,000 a, a year, $10,000 a year, sorry, and I put $5,000 in uh, for my wife and I. So there are strategies like that. Even even going as far as saying, why do you, why would you get 
a 30-year fixed instead of a five-year arm. A five-year arm, the interest rate can be about a percentage point lower, which can save you two to $300 a month or three to $4,000 a year, which you can save. Put that in aside, and then if you do have to refinance, if you know the arm portion of that, that type of loan starts going up and the rate starts going up, your payment goes up, you can just refinance it. And if the rates are up and in the refi, you just use that pocket of money to pay some points down and get the rate back down. So there are some... Uh, some more flexibilities and, and opportunities to uh, save some money and then also hedge against anything that goes bad down in, down the road. So, uh, But there's an immense amount of interest that you can save by going to a 15-year and highly recommend it if you can afford it and, and, and you can still fund your retirement. Wrapping this up, you sent me a website link, and I started this conversation yeah. by saying I couldn't figure out a damn thing about it. <laughs> um, you, you smirk and you laugh, and it's like that's the difference between me and you. Like I get the big picture, and I can do like – I can paint a nice picture. But I, I don't do the little micro dots, and you have to do micro dots when you're in your industry versus mine. We do. Um, and, and one thing about a 15-year and, and, and websites and the way that, that uh, lenders and banks are marketing is you have to be really careful because uh, they, are, they are misleading. Uh, a lot of companies will put in the fine print that that, that two-point whatever interest rate is not a 30-year. It is a 15-year, and they, and they get you in. You start the, the transaction, and you find out later that it's a – a 15-year, and, and that's why I like the the, the face-to-face yeah. uh, interviews and, and the transactions because it, especially being local, there's a lot of places in San Diego and L.A. that are soliciting up here in the Bay Area, um, heavy marketing. There's a place in, in Portland that's advertising in San Francisco. We've all known about that one big bank uh, that's putting those billboards on the on the bus stops. Okay. Um, so you have to be really careful about the kind of marketing that's attracting you to either a website or uh, making a phone call especially when it comes to changing, making a big life change of going from a 30-year to a 15-year. You just got to make sure you run the numbers. And I think that's all I was trying to do, Rob, when I sent you this website, is just to give you a little bit more ammo to uh, to look at and make some, help you make a decision. But ultimately, you, you were sent a flyer that gave you a – that showed a pretty decent rate, but yeah. the APR was higher. A lot of people don't know what the APR is. When you see an interest rate and an APR, which is the – standard way of, of advertising, and that APR is much higher, that means you're paying a lot of points, and that loan is very costly. And if you can find somebody with a lower APR with the same rate, that makes more sense. That's the true reason why the APR was even originated to begin with. A lot of advertising that comes to your house in mail, not a very good deal. But it looks like a good deal, not a very good deal. Anyway, that's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.